Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 48. My name is Chris, and I am joined again today by my illustrious co-hosts, Mike and Brooke. (laughs) And uh, today we are talking about ways to keep the Sabbath holy when you're in self-isolation or in a quarantine. Um, Especially now for many of us, we are recording this on March 17th, 2020. uh, And we are in the midst of the throes of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting wild to say the least. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Uh, all right. It's tough. <laughs> you know, um, we're getting, getting by, I think. I'm a homebody, um, an ambivert that leans more to the introverted side. So some things have really changed, except now I'm really not interested in going out like at all. Yeah. But I do really miss my friends. Just being like, hey, come on over. So it's like, no, no, if they come over, they might get corona. And if I go there, I might get corona. Yeah. I'm also on the introverted side and I have no problem with not leaving my house. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But the hard part is just understanding what's happening in the church. Yeah, that what, is it. What we should do with yeah. You know, what do we do in this new reality that we live where we're not allowed to go to mass? Yeah. I feel like as lay people, we are literally like sheep without shepherds, like yeah. priests, I say. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's almost like we're sheep that are just like left alone in a pen somewhere. You yeah. Know? yeah. The shepherd's gone, and how long will he be gone? We don't know. Months? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to survive on our own somehow. Yeah. yeah. I was saying what to do Mike. What do we do when the wolves come? Oh, yeah. I was saying to Mike, like on Sunday, how, you know, it's an adjustment to not go to mass because of this virus. I have a mild case of anxiety. So, you know, I always kind of stress out a bit Sundays and getting the kids ready and knowing that my. You know, our, our toddler isn't going to get a nap. He'll be fussy at mass. But then we get there and, you know, we're with Jesus and all is calm-ish, you know. <laughs> all as, is well. Yeah, all is well. And as calm as two insane toddlers, one of them is overtired, can be. And, uh, you know, you get to be with Jesus and it's like, no, this is this is worth it. And it, it repeats every Sunday. But this Sunday, it was like, there was, you couldn't go. You couldn't go to Mass. Yeah. yeah. It's not the same to just watch it on a TV screen. No. Which we couldn't even do. Which we couldn't even do because the stream was over, overloaded with viewers, which was in this, like in one way that was good. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's so hard. Like, what do we do? Yeah, I... Uh... Like you were saying that you're an ambivert, Brooke, and I'm an ambivert too, but I lean to the extroverted side, and I'm already feeling the effects of mm-hmm. of this. And like I didn't realize, you know, like I do, I do enjoy my alone time, 
and I like I like spending time in prayer and in silence. That stuff is good. Um, silence is <laughs> kind of a uh, at a premium in this house right now with a little mm-hmm. newborn um, baby, but I still try to find time where I can and when I can. And yeah, I don't know, but like this, this need I have to visit with my family, to visit with my friends, to go to mass. Yeah. And so, yeah, having that suddenly get kiboshed, it's, it's hard. It's hard, especially as an extrovert, because I'm just like, I want to go out. I want to see my people. I need to see my people. I need to see other things than the four walls. And um, I'm finding in with regard to now that the, the mass is suspended and we just got the announcement from our diocese that it's Mm -hmm. suspended until April 30th. So no Easter. Wait, what? I'm just hearing April 30th now. Yeah. April 30th. All masses it's in are the stock we just read. Oh, where? Oh. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, all masses and like, services, including missions and devotions, will be suspended at least until April 30th. All churches are to be closed. So they're not even keeping the church open for private devotions. It's it's scary to think about because, like, like, what about Easter? Yeah. What about Good Friday? What about yeah. Holy, like Holy Week? Like doing- I'm seriously afraid that like we will be smote because of this <laughs> this disaster. It's not on us, right? I mean, we're we're obedient to our bishop and um yeah. I mean, they're I mean, I know that they're doing this all in the be- in the best interest of their priests and of the lay faithful. Um like I trust that to be honest, I don't, I, I don't think that, you know, this is a modernist attempt at suppressing the liturgy. Um, this, this is not in their best interest, you know, like Holy Week, Easter is one of, even if you want to look at it as one of the, from a completely like economic standpoint, Easter and Christmas are one of, are basically the, the days of the year that pay half the bills you know what i mean like it's it's a this is a big thing for them to do and yeah um, if you think about the uh like the worst kind of corrupt bishops right yeah uh, if we just to play devil's advocate i don't think this is our bishop at all but if you think about the worst kind of corrupt bishops like mccarrick what do they care about money and power and do they gain any of that by doing this? You know, they lose tons of money and, you know, they probably lose tons of people from the pews too. Honestly, like the amount of people that are in danger of drifting away during this time. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're encouraging their priests to celebrate Mass privately each day for the intentions of their parishioners, for medical personnel assisting the sick, mm-hmm. and for an end to the outbreak. 
Um, yeah. I'm glad they explicitly said that in our diocese because yeah. I mean, again, this is like looking at the worst example of priests, but we know there are some priests out there who treat being a priest like a job. Right. Yeah. And if their church is closed, it'll be like a vacation, but yeah. the good priests are going to be out there saying mass for us every day. And yeah. the Bishop is reminding them and encouraging them to do it at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been, um, I've been posting on our Facebook page mm-hmm. links from priests around the globe that are offering masses, doing live streams, things like that. When I, when I'm able to catch them, I, I post them. Yeah. Um, Father Matt McDonald, um, good friend of ours. He, he's doing mass every day. Um, generally it's in the ordinary form. Sometimes, uh, he does it, does the traditional Latin mass, uh, for his people online. Um, so he's worth following. Um, yeah. So check out Facebook for that link. Um, but yeah, I mean, it says here, uh, like, uh, funeral masses are not permitted. Um, they'll do the rite of committal, but they'll do, um, funeral masses at a later date, which kind of weird. That's so but weird. Okay. Um, I mean, they got to put the body somewhere and yeah. yeah. Um, weddings already scheduled are to be delayed. Baptisms are to be postponed. So in other dioceses, I know that they'll be like, family and priest only um Mm -hmm. for baptism they're saying no which i i have concerns about i have Um, serious concerns i have huge concerns about that uh would that be a state of emergency allowing for the father to baptize his child well well that's the thing it says here that um yeah like in the case of an emergency um uh, yeah, all confessions are canceled. So that's one thing. It says, except in the case of the danger of death. So I presume last rites, baptism, things like that are waived, you know, for a priest and, you know, going to somebody in the danger of death. But yeah. Well, let's go back to baptism for a second. Think about if you had an unbaptized newborn right now. Yeah. What would you think? Would you baptize them? I think there's a serious case for it. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm sure, but yeah. traditionally it's been, you know, a grave sin to not have a baby baptized in the first, what, six weeks yep. of their life. Yeah. If the church is saying there are no baptisms allowed for the next six weeks, I mean, my gut feel is that's enough of a situation for me to baptize my baby. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, in my opinion, in that case, you'd call up another diocese and say, yeah, yeah, you know, um, but I mean, the archdiocese of Detroit, uh, released, a a statement. I, I'm not sure if it was today or, um, when it was, uh, but they did say they actually addressed kind of that question 
and said, okay. uh, well, not, not particularly with regards to the sacrament of baptism, but with regards to people going to other dioceses, and they're saying, quote, while each of us has God-given free will, all are encouraged to love one another by heeding the advice of healthcare experts and government officials to limit the size of public gatherings. By attending mass elsewhere, we increase the ri- the size of that gathering and risk increasing the spread of illness. Rather than traveling to a neighboring diocese to attend mass, Catholics in the Archdiocese of Detroit are encouraged to participate in Mass by watching one of the many Masses being broadcast on television or streamed over the internet and to make an act of spiritual communion. Um, I get the practical side of that. Yeah, That's part of the reason why I haven't been going to another diocese for Mass, because I'm like, we're going to break the, the requested limit of 50 people. And yeah. And we talked about that on Sunday. Yeah. Burke and, and I, mm-hmm. like, I think we talked about it last podcast too, but how we were thinking of driving up to the next diocese yeah. where they had a Latin mass on Sunday, probably the last one for a while. Yep. You feel really helpless at times. Like in a time like this, I've never felt so helpless as a, like helpless, not hopeless, helpless as, you know, a lay Catholic. Yeah, because there's nothing we can do except, you know, obviously pray and fast and, you know, make these spiritual communions. Um, But still, it's just like, I wish I could do so much more. I can't. Mm -hmm. That's a key point, I think, in like keeping our hope to is immediately like scripture wise. What do you think when you hear like? I, as a Christian, feel helpless, right? Mm-hmm. We, we know our God is strong when we are weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's how he works. He works like by working through our weakness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's an, spiritually, there's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Although we're <laughs> deprived of, like going to the mass, there's still opportunities for grace, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does it push it too much to say it's, it's almost like we are in a desert of sorts. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, like, yeah, we've been, de- we've been deprived of, you know, that, um, I don't want to say a safe space, but almost like we've, de- we've been being deprived of our home, like our parish home. Yeah. We cannot partake in the Eucharist anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um and yeah. Yeah. My friend mm-hmm. uh Mike I think it was Michael Rosala said that it's it's like Mary Magdalene saying, My Lord, where have they taken him? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like you feel like Mary Magdalene, say Mary Magdalene in this in this case, because it's like we literally have no way to access him, you know? Yeah. Um and it I mean, in our diocese, like they're they're shuttering the doors. Other dioceses, they're not going that far. Um, they're leaving the doors of the churches open for private devotions. Um, which I think is a good and holy thing, but 
Yeah. Can I just can I just say I'm surprised our diocese would shut the doors of the churches, especially when in Rome they did that for like a day and then it was reversed. Yeah. Allegedly on the orders of Pope Francis. Yeah. So I'm surprised that any Catholic diocese would not um heed that guidance you know what i mean like it the situation in rome is far worse than here yeah but um, the pope and you know i think this is wise of Pope francis that he didn't want to go all the way and completely cut off the faithful from any chance to go before the tabernacle at least right Right. And I think there has to be a limit to the burdens that you lay on the faithful, right? Mm-hmm. I think to go further than that is excessive. Yeah. Like we we get it logically, but you know, yeah. like why they're doing it. Yeah. But at the same time it's a horrible, horrible sting. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a priest today and he was saying like they're not just shuttering the doors of the church, they're shuttering the doors of the offices too. So he's like, What do I do? I I can't celebrate the mass with my people. I can't I can't offer the sacraments. And even in the case of somebody getting coronavirus in the hospital, he said they will allow somebody with um who hasn't been exposed to coronavirus, potentially maybe a priest into the hospital to offer last rites. But uh, that will probably be the last time they do that, you know, because you've now been exposed to coronavirus. (laughs) So, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's a crazy time right now. And yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I read, there was this thing going around today and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, there was that reading from second Chronicles, um, uh, second Chronicles uh, chapter seven verses 13 to 15. Uh, the person posted this online. Um, but it reads, if I shut up heaven and there fall no rain, or if I give orders and command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people, upon whom my name is called, being converted, shall make supplication to me and seek out my face and do penance for their most wicked ways, that I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will hear their land. My eyes also shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer of him that shall pray in this place. So uh, this person posted that and said, well, we've got the rain that was held back which is the Australian wildfires in in Africa right now there is a plague of locusts they're saying it's going to reach 30 countries and number in the trillions of locusts it's destroying crops it's insane uh and now we've got a pestilence a pandemic um in this uh in this translation that the the lady posted it literally says or send an epidemic. Um, mm-hmm. 
do you, do you guys think we're dealing with a chastisement? Yes. Um, at the very least, it's um, in the permissive will of God, right? Um, but, I mean, people hear that and they think, you know, no, there's an explanation for it. But I think it's both and, right? Yeah. Like, yes, maybe it has a genesis in bats or maybe in a Chinese lab. But um, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the case. Just joking. Um, but yeah, it's also like there's spiritual significance to these things as well. Yeah. Um, and think about how far God is tested with this uh, this modern era and these you know faithless generations of people. You know. He's he's supposed to put up with his mother not being listened to at Fatima and with the mass being redesigned to be Protestant and like sacrilege happening at basically every mass and idolatry happening in the Vatican and a third of our generation wiped out by abortion and yep. and the church just standing by yeah i do lean more towards i get a permissive thing like there has to be some kind of sanctification that will come from this too Mm -hmm. you know there must be a greater good for the for this to be happening Mm -hmm. yeah there has to be yeah yeah that's the thing when we talk about chastisement or stuff like that it's not like god just lost his temper and wants to destroy us there's a there's always still a loving purpose behind yeah. a chastisement right mm-hmm. so it's a call to repentance and to save ourselves from the path that we've gone down yeah, yeah. if things aren't like better after it will be because of i'll just say it it'll be because of those in authority in the church not stepping up yeah and I think there will be consequences far greater than even what we're going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. This we have just, been warned. This is this is a big shot across the bow, like mm-hmm. smarten up world, you know. But, you know, you don't even see our bishops and our priests doing much of anything. You see in... I don't know if you saw the picture that's going around on social media of the people in Poland, right? Prostrating themselves. Prostrating themselves before our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, begging for mercy. Like, even, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that. And we can't even get into our churches now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, people have, for better or worse, brought up Charles Borromeo many, many times. In yeah. response to this epic, right? Or epidemic. Um, because like he was there in Milan when the, the Black Plague came to the city, right? Right. And, uh, you know, I think his response is instructive in so many ways because it was both faithful and practical. And, 
he made no compromise on either side mm-hmm. of that equation. Yeah, right. What, what did he do? Like, like the people were confined to their houses, first of all. And he actually like, um, he did stop public masses in the churches and he set up, uh, hospitals in the fields outside the city where they could send people that were infected away from the city and have no one actually contact them to contract the disease. I read that they even dug um, moats around these field hospitals so that no one could get in. Um, But then, you know, he didn't just shut the doors of the churches and do nothing. He instructed his priests to go and say masses in the streets so people could see the mass out the windows and he led constant processions around the city begging for god's mercy and he was tireless in in fighting on both the practical and the spiritual level yeah so it's medieval social distancing yeah yeah but the priest they, came to the came to them well, they didn't come into their house. You no, know? But they didn't actually come near them. But they, they did what they could. They said yeah. mass alone out in the street where people could at least see them. You know, they pr- processed through the empty streets with the blessed sacrament. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like I've seen in different dioceses, different approaches to this. You know, I've seen masses done outside of the parish and people drive up in their cars, remain in their cars. Um, and the priest has an FM transmitter and, uh, and it is transmitted to the people in their cars, just kind of like when what? you go to a, a drive in movie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen that. I've seen, uh, like the drive through confessions. Right, they keep the yeah. social distance. They just make sure they're not in earshot, so you're not like, "I committed adultery." What you know? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> We're laughing, but it's just like, ugh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah. I was saying to Brooke, I think I'd be too scared to like yell my sins out the window. Yeah. I'm super prideful. <laughs> what we <I> know? <laughs> yeah, everybody in the neighborhood's like, we know. everyone's honking their horn at you (laughs) that's an understatement (laughs) yeah but i mean but in those cases they're still being allowed to perform the sacraments in public but in Mm -hmm. a way that also kind of ensures that social distancing whereas this edict come down from bishop fabro prevents all confessions it's it makes no delineation as to who can have confession and who doesn't it just says only in the case of danger of death so your brother i'm really hoping like people could make appointments but it but it's not saying you can't you can't because yeah. if the priest does that, he's being disobedient to his bishop. Yeah. And and their the disorder has come down. And they're saying the offices are closed. So a priest can't go into the office, right? And a priest is not because of the whole safe environment thing, 
They can't be inviting just Joe Schmo parishioner to their home. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's all this red trait, bureaucratic, blah, blah, blah. But that's really the case is it? I, I mean, yeah, it, this is unprecedented. And I mean, in our diocese, this is a big scourge. And I feel like what we're getting from the top is a harder, uh, a harder request than what, what you get with coronavirus. I'm sorry. Like I would rather contract coronavirus and still be able to call up a priest and say, I need confession. Yeah. You know, at whether or not I'm in the danger of death or I don't even know. And I'm just in a state of mortal sin, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like to be in a state of mortal sin right now and know that you can't, have a priest hear your confession that's horrifying that is horrifying totally mm-hmm. like yeah and that in my opinion is a case where you pick up go to the next diocese you know yeah like yeah don't don't walk run to the next diocese that offers it and if they don't have it in that diocese go to the next one yeah but you drive know? safely don't die yeah. on your way there yeah. please but yeah. but do you know what I mean? Like and I also think- try to have perfect contrition first into in case you die in the way. Um, True. <laughs> True. Uh, the other thing that makes me think of is just don't fall into mortal sin. <laughs> um, <laughs> ever, ever. We're ever. Yeah. We're used to in our society having access to priests and having access to confession whenever we want or at least relatively whenever we want. That's not been the case for many, many Christians throughout history. Think of like any like mission area or area of persecution in the past. You have a priest come once a year and that's your chance to go to confession. If you commit a mortal sin the next day, um, you better have perfect contrition or not die in the next year. Um, then yeah and in the early church right they didn't practice frequent confession right you basically confessed when you converted mm-hmm. well did they not have public confession during the masses i thought that that was uh yes that does sound right but did they actually give the sacrament of confession at that time i don't think it was like that like I mean, it was is, the sacrament, but it wasn't. It was within the because the sacrament, yeah, I, uh, the sacrament itself came from Christ, right? Yeah. So I mean, of course, they had the sacrament, and you did, like, from what I've read, confess and receive the sacrament. Mm-hmm. But I think it was only like a one or two times thing. Mm. If you kept falling into mortal sin then you're, you know, you're just going back to your pagan life. You're not a Catholic anymore. That was kind of the (laughs) attitude, at least like, this is what I've read from people. Obviously I'm not a scholar of the early church, but I've read, read a couple things where they (laughs) talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) I've read some stuff. But I think it was probably Taylor Marshall. But anyways, the point stands that like 
it's not a constant in the life of the church that every lay person always had confession available. Mm -hmm. This is reality for us that it's now very difficult to go to confession. We have to get serious Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, keeping that washed garment clean if we can't get it cleaned again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pray your rosary every day. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mental prayer. St. Alphonsus says those who persist in mental yeah. prayer will, you know, will not go to hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Make, it, make it a, a good habit to talk to God in your head all day. Yep. Yep. Constantly be, be seeking him and asking for mercy. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I I just wanted to ask your thoughts on this. I know that was kind of big and tangential, <laughs> but you know, yeah. like when I look at those prayers which we talked about in in the episode 46, the previous one, you know, uh from the church, uh sorry, from from the liturgy, um like it literally recognizes it as a scourge of the wrath of God, right? Like this is this, whatever this pestilence is, this is his wrath. That's the language that the church has used for the last, what, however many years since St. Gregory the Great. So, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look at a worldwide pandemic, and you look at the co- the context of the world and what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. SARS wasn't even this devastating. Not even when close. When it happened in 2002. Not even close. We not didn't do close. anything. Like, do you, re- do you guys remember doing anything because of SARS? I no. don't. No. We talked to it a lot. We were, we were nervous about it, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it. Just, I was definitely not nervous about it. I barely noticed. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. I had it on, written on a piece of paper. Um, I had wrote. I wrote. I wrote a writ. 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 A in Canada and Ontario when we last recorded the podcast. So our last episode we recorded on Sunday. Um, It was in the 300s. It was in 300s. The total cases now for Canada is 424 with the number in Ontario 177. Yeah. That's two days difference. Yeah. So it has grown. It's not... uh, it's not spiking at the exponential rate that you've seen in other countries, though. No, yeah. no, it's not. So, there are still cases that are popping up, though. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to mm-hmm. see it really decrease yet, right? No. You're, because we've just really started getting into this social isolation thing, um, self-isolation mm-hmm. or social distancing thing. So you're not going to see that number really start taking a dip for three weeks, maybe. Yeah. 
at least. Yeah. But I mean, I don't some, even know if it'll, I don't even know if it'll go then because no. go down then because like we're flattening out the curve, but it's still, it's, slow it's still going to go up. It's yeah. still going to spread through yeah. society just slower. I yeah. wonder about people that are working in healthcare, like whenever they go to the hospital, like they basically either are at the hospital or in their house because this, the chances of them coming into contact with Corona are always there, like right now. So I, the reason I'm saying that is because one of the newest cases was someone that works in the hospital, was a medical worker at the hospital. So what do you wonder about them? Um. <laughs> You worry about them? Is that what you yeah, mean? yeah, I, I absolutely worry about them too. Because mm -hmm. I would hope that medical workers aren't, you know, going at Starbucks or Tim Hortons or something. And Well, I just worry about like, well, a couple things. First of all, our friends and family who work in hospitals. Yeah. Um, I'm worried about them. Secondly, you know, all these skilled and difficult to replace people who are essential mm -hmm. in society especially at a time like this being in danger of getting sick and yeah you know, then not being able to help others it's scary they were talking about the vaccine and the vaccine will likely be ready next year it still made me a little bit nervous it was like 2021 sounds very far away right now and that's best case scenario yeah. right vaccines are not guaranteed no they have, you know, the information they need to create a vaccine and test it. Mm -hmm. But it's not an exact science. There's way too many variables yeah. in the human body and just now they have you know. had they have had successes with um with drug testing too. Yeah. To try and cure it, which is great. Um the unfortunate thing is like, does that alleviate the need to do all of the social distancing. Um, at what point will it slow down? At what point will it stop now that we know how to potentially cure it or at least alleviate the severity of those symptoms, especially for those that are immunocompromised and elderly? Um, there's a lot of questions. And how far are we from actually knowing that? Yeah. I know they have already large-scale drug trials going on to try of these different options mm -hmm. how long does that testing take and how effective does it end up being we we don't know yeah yeah there's so, uh do you guys want to talk more about sorry go ahead Chris. I, I was just gonna say like i was just reading a an article today um or a facebook post and again i haven't vetted this so I don't know, but they're saying that China has supposedly closed down its last coronavirus hospital because there's not enough cases yeah. to support it. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's good news. Uh, supposedly, mm -hmm. the uh, Cleveland Clinic developed a COVID-19 test that gives results in hours, not days. Um, scientists in Israel are likely to announce the development of a coronavirus vaccine. We actually have out in Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto, um, like they've made some significant progress and been able to isolate uh, the coronavirus in a, uh, and been able to um, make copies. So, I mean, that's 
that's a big deal because they're able to get the sequence now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think there's hope, you know, but yeah. at the same time, what I fear is that instead of the world heeding this warning, which we've, like you were mentioning earlier, Our Lady has warned us countless times. You know, whether it be at Fatima, whether it be at Akita, even right before the Amazon Synod, supposedly the visionary of Akita was given yeah. another message. Um, yeah. Like La Salette. La Salette, right? Mm-hmm. All these things. Um, like, my fear is that if mankind finds a cure and cures it, they will raise man to the altar and say, this 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 is the you know human achievement this is the human spirit you know mm-hmm. and and atheists and and uh materialists or whatever you want to call it like they're all going to get you know emboldened in their position we don't need god we don't need, we only need man and science um and i feel like that's like the perfect introduction of a form of antichrist. I do. I, I think that yeah. it, it's, yeah. I don't know. Like when this is over, we shouldn't dare applaud ourselves. No, no. Like, don't say, yay, we did it. Don't be tempted. I'm not saying that to you guys. I'm saying that to a general audience. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like a kid doesn't say, you know, Yay, I was punished. Good for me. Yeah. Smarten up. No, exactly. I had to say that to my kid today. <laughs> <laughs> Stop pinching, hitting, and biting your brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's taken us a long time to get to this part and the the part of the <laughs> podcast where So sorry. Uh, That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. But uh yeah. Um so we we reached out on our Instagram stories uh, to you, our dear friends, um, asking you what you do when you are stuck in self-isolation or quarantine or whatever and are unable to attend, uh, to attend the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. How do you keep the Sabbath holy? So... Um, yeah. Do, do you guys want me to read some of the responses that we got? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mac Atchison says, read the readings with kiddos and reflect on them as a family. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Atchison Daniel. So her husband. So shout out to the Atchison family. <laughs> they're both, they're both checking us out on uh, Instagram. Uh, he also said, do the mass readings and talk about them. Yeah. Uh, our good friend, Joanna, shout out to Joanna. Hey, Joanna. Um, she says, we're probably going to read through the mass readings, maybe find a live stream to watch too, which is cool. That's great. Um, live streams are kind of tough, though, because, I mean, at least some live streams are they just they're over getting overrun like live mass.net mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
So maybe maybe a practical backup plan is if you're going to a website that's not like a YouTube link for a live stream um, or Facebook link, maybe um, have a backup plan. Um, so if you can't watch at livemass.net, for example, if they're overrun, have a plan, look for another, uh, another place where you can watch mass. Um, cause that was, that was our story last week. Yeah. And then Bill Dykstra, our good Eastern right friend from the sword in the cloud podcast. Um, we had him on the podcast on our podcast a while back. He's great. Um, he says, I think we are going to, oh yeah. Cause they just announced, um, in his diocese that they're, they're shutting everything down. And that includes the Eastern right. I mean, a lot of these mm. Eastern right parishes have been saying, yeah, we won't, we won't shutter our doors and we won't stop public mass. Um, but apparently his diocese has, um, or eparchy. Uh, he says, I think we are going to pray the Tipica. It's a Byzantine reader's service. Cool. So those are some, some ideas. What do you guys, what do you guys do with, uh, trying to keep the Sabbath holy and whatnot? So can I tell you what we did on Sunday and maybe this will change or improve. So, um, we got up better normal time new and mass was starting which was i think they were gonna start the stream at 10 30. this is live mass.net yeah live mass.net so we knew when that was happening so we made sure to have our breakfast and get the kids all ready um we made a point of getting the kitchen and stuff cleaned up and organized so it wouldn't be a distraction mm. um i also you know we got dressed in our sunday best you know, we that we didn't want to just ha- watch mass in our pajamas. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. This was a good idea from Brooke. At first, I was about to sit down in my pajamas, but <laughs> doesn't feel right. No, so we got dressed as if we were going to go to mass. Um, we set up a crucifix, and I had a couple of third class relics. And I put those near the crucifix and we lit a candle that smelled like myrrh and, you know, we sat down ready for, why are you laughing? No reason. What's wrong with the smell of myrrh, man? I didn't want to bring up a candle that smelled like fruit punch. It's myrrh, man. (laughs) No, I brought it up because it's a prayerful smell. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike is just, He's just like, why would you mention that? I'm just laughing at some of the uh, random details in this story. Like, (laughs) guys, we cleaned the kitchen. I just wanted you to know that. I needed to have it clean so I wouldn't be distracted by like dishes and thinking about that. That's a practical point. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. I wanted wanted my, my space around me to be clean and relaxed so I could focus. Yeah. I need that as a person. Some people don't. I do. Anyway, so after I, I lit my Bath and Body Works myrrh candle. It was not Bath and Body Works. Yes, it was. Myrrh scented Bath and Body Works because Chris and Julie bought it for me. It's frankincense. Was it actually? No, it. Oh, you bought it for me. Never mind. You bought me the 
Do you guys want me the lotion? That was frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> Can we cut that out? <laughs> Just cut the whole episode. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. So after we lit the candle, we sat down ready for our live stream, had printed off the propers and everything so we could follow along. Um, the stream decided to drop. Um, because yeah, it was it, overwhelmed with people. It was bad. Like I, I logged in and it was like two seconds of people shuffling in their pews and then it just yeah. dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the propers and, uh, and Mike led the propers for us. Um, and, uh, we did a family rosary as best as we could with uh, a four and a half year old and an 18 month old. So you know exactly how that went. Just imagine that. And uh, we mostly did the rosary while yeah. the kids did other stuff. But, yeah. As best as we could, <laughs> as best as we could. Yeah. And uh, we didn't do any, you know, serious housework, housework for the rest of the day afterwards. Oh, we also did um, a, another prayer that I found in the Pieta book. You're missing the most important part, though. Oh, a spiritual, spiritual communion. Yeah. Um, a prayer of spiritual communion. I was going to start off by saying first and foremost, spiritual communion. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so we, I don't know if the exact prayer that we did is important. It was just a litany from, yeah, it, it was, was the sacred head of yeah. the Lord. It wasn't chosen specifically for this day or anything. It was just, no, it I kind of spoke to you at the time or something. Yeah. Yeah. Help too. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So we did a spiritual communion, a litany, a rosary, and the propers, um, and didn't do any other work for the rest of the day. Nice. Did some baking and with the kids, and didn't do too. Didn't do any real housework. Just. That's ordinary Sunday stuff, right? Yeah. Like. Same as you would do after mass normally, right? Pretty yeah. much. And Chris. I think we talked about some of the last podcast, but your experience was pretty similar with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like for us, I mean, we, I, since, since we did it once I've, I've enhanced what I'm going to do for next time. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, what we did is we, we just used the TLM missile. We prayed the introit, the collect, uh, read the epistle, gradual tract in the gospel. Uh, we read a homily for that specific Sunday by St. Alphonsus Liguori. Um, he's got a book, Sermons for Every Sunday. Um, you can get through 10 books. Highly recommend it. It's definitely one of our favorite books of all time. Um, Divine Intimacy is also a great book um, written by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. He's a Carmelite. Um, so... I like that book. Um, yeah. So we, do you like that book? I love it. I love it. Um, we, we offered intercessions as a family. So like, I know that's kind of a novel, like Novus Ordo kind of thing, but we don't Modernist. really, <laughs> but we don't have an offertory to pray really. Um, supposedly Tara LaMarshall did some of the offertory prayers. I'm going to have to go through and sit, kind of figure out, which ones he might have done. Um, but 
for us, we offered just our intercessions and prayed for the church and the world and especially for the end of the coronavirus and for the conversion of sinners and conversion of our families, health for others. Um, yep, we prayed a Pater Noster and then we prayed the prayer of St. Bonaventure, um, which is usually a prayer done after communion, but it's actually a really good um like spiritual communion kind of intro. Uh, and then we prayed the spiritual communion of St. Alphonsus Liguori. We'll ensure that we include links to all of this in the show notes. Um, time of silence. And then we prayed the post communion and sang a Marian and sang a Marian hymn. So we sang the Salve. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was what we did. You know what I would do differently. So, I mean, I did also set up a home altar um, but, uh, what I plan on doing is also incorporating a blessing of my wife and, and son, uh, with holy water as, as head of the domestic church. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, as fathers can do that. If there is no father in the home, the mother can do that. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's other ways as well that you can keep the Sabbath holy outside of that specific kind of mass-centered devotion. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, Saint Alphonse or Saint Aloysius Gonzaga, um, whenever he would make, whenever he would go into a, a home or whatever, he would draw a monstrance, I believe, on the wall where like in the direction of where the nearest tabernacle was so that whenever he prayed, he would go there and face towards the tabernacle. So um, kind of figure out where your nearest tabernacle is and face that way. Um, Especially at the time when you make that spiritual communion, I think that would be a good idea. Mm Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what other things can you do beyond like not working uh, to kind of mm-hmm. enter into the rest of the Sabbath? And um, yeah, I thought just some basic things that I had written down um, were um, learning uh, Latin prayers. This is a thing where, like, I think me and a lot of people who are more on the trad spectrum, so to speak, (laughs) Um, always want to learn more of these prayers in Latin and never seem to have the time to start memorizing them. Mm. And this is a thing where, like, I think basically every generation of Roman Rite Catholics knew how to say their Pater Noster and their Ave Maria. And then... You know, some would know more, but remember Pope Benedict um, encouraged all the Roman Rite Catholics to learn these Latin prayers that are part of the patrimony of our church and not let them fall away into disuse. Mm -hmm. And he actually published a list of basically prayers he requests every Roman Catholic to learn in Latin. And I looked at it. It's pretty intimidating, to be honest. It's a lot of prayers. You can scroll through it and 
it's it starts with kind of the basic ones like their father hail mary glory be all the prayers of the rosary the creeds and then there's there's a good list of other stuff like the te deum and um just a lot of other ones but Mm -hmm. um if you don't know any of those just start with learning the ave it's fairly easy you could learn it in one day in like a little bit of time right honestly learning this always i found a little bit easier because there's a, a the, there's a melody to it mm-hmm. like you could you could learn it in song yeah and you hear it every day during yeah. certain seasons particularly yeah, if you yeah. go to the traditional Latin mass. Yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that's kind of a really basic, obvious suggestion is um, take time to read the scriptures, get a good Bible study. And uh, like that's, you know, another way to reach and be close to our Lord in his word. If we can't, you know, be with him in other ways like sacramentally in communion this is just another way that we can reach out to him and be close to him receive his grace you know um this is in the scriptures so yeah something something to note as well right i mean this isn't the first time in the world that we've had you know, church closers or uh, a pandemic or a plague or whatever. Um, but one of the differences between those times and now is that you have those scriptures. A lot of people didn't have those in like 1918. They didn't have a Bible in the vernacular um, in their homes. You know, Therese, Therese did it in the late 1800s, uh, early 1900s. So, I mean... I don't know. I think we should be grateful for that for the gift of having access to the sacred scriptures. Um, not take that for granted yeah. as well, right? Um, yeah, and make use of it, right? Like all these people throughout history that have gone long periods without priests, those priests were also their only source of the scriptures, usually, right? Right. You know, they would hear some scripture and hear a homily and some preaching while they had the priest with them. But then they would just have to try to remember that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of times they wouldn't have it written down. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was Therese. I can't remember if it was St. Therese or, or which saint it was pretty sure it was a Carmelite saint though. Had, um, like, had a very good memory and so she would hear the readings at mass and go home and write them down word for word and that was her only source of of access to the scriptures you know um or at least these other verses maybe it was elizabeth of the trinity um but anyway i can't remember but yeah i i think that's Mm -hmm. it's something that we shouldn't take for granted as well you know i mean a lot of us have taken this, the holy sacrifice of the mass for granted, and you know now we've lost it. Um, so, 
there's all these graces that have been made available to us. Um, let's let's mm-hmm. not take them for granted. Yeah. Did you have anything else on your on your sheet, Mike? Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was just to take spiritual measures against the times, against the pestilence, and against you know the spiritual war in the church. Make sure to intentionally pray against that disease and against the uh, spiritual movement of the enemy in the church, right? Um, One of the things I made note of was, like you said, um, making sure to be blessing your family and praying for their protection. It's really important, (laughs) especially as fathers, because that is... That's part of your job as a husband and father, right? Yeah. Like right now, especially when your family doesn't have access to their priest, they need the father in the house more than ever to do what he can in that fatherly role, even though he doesn't have the the powers of a ministerial priest. Um we need the graces of those blessings. Yeah, for prayers. sure. Um, but I will say this, conserve your holy water. Yeah. You know, um, because again, we don't know when this thing is going to end. So don't waste that gift because it could run out before we get access to a priest again or a church again where we can get holy water. Um yeah. Other things that maybe you can do in your home uh, to keep the Sabbath, play some Gregorian chant throughout the day. Uh, you know, stream it on YouTube. Sing some Gregorian chant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. <laughs> that too. Um, I recommend praying the Liturgy of the Hours uh, as a family, Lauds and Vespers. If you if you want to do the old, uh, the ancient version in English, like regular, normal people, Catholic people can do that. Um, not everybody knows Latin, um, but there's some great apps out there, especially if you're an iPhone or uh, uh, Apple user um, for uh, the old breviary. Um, if you're going to use the new breviary, uh, iBreviary, it's free. Um, and you can get it on the Google Play Store or uh, on Apple, um, on the App Store, uh, or just ibrevery.org is the website. If you want to listen to it, like say you just you have trouble reading or something, uh, PlayStation Portable does a reading of each of the, uh, the hours, um, and it's a podcast, so you can get access to it. Yeah. I recommend, uh, yeah, spend a half hour in mental prayer following your Sunday devotions, meditating on the gospel for that Sunday, um, observe silence in the home with children where possible, um, maybe pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 p.m. It's an idea. Uh, intentionally work together to create a nice meal as a family. Right. I don't let Mike in the kitchen. 
Yeah, she's so she's so sexist. <laughs> she's she's more she's more <laughs> jealous of your cooking ability. I mean, no, dude, you're, <laughs> no, not me. I'm not <laughs> your buffalo chicken, uh, whatever that mac was, and cheese. mac and cheese, dude. Brooke still hasn't been able to touch that. Excuse me. For the record. How much of that was the hype of no. the uh, Halo Reach release? Friendly reminder that I made you homemade Chick-fil-A sandwich Dude, with and homemade that was Chick-fil-A sauce. That was really good. I'm not saying I will that. mess you up with my with the Dude. next when we are out of this pandemic, <laughs> I'm gonna make you the best buffalo chicken mac and cheese you have ever had. <laughs> <laughs> say it to my face it, six feet away say it to my face i don't know if anything that could be cooked by a human could live up to the nostalgia of that uh that yeah. epic hangout it was great and that's the thing like we we can't even do that <laughs> No, like, we can't. I mean, te- technically, we can, according to government guidelines. I mean, you can have up to fifty people in a in a social gathering. I mean, so we could. But what if you have coronavirus? That's the thing we don't know. That, yeah. We don't and, know because Mike worked in Kitchener. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that aside. So, <laughs> intentionally work together to create a nice meal. I still stand by that. Um go for a walk outdoors as a family, keeping social distance, obviously from other people, maybe watch a Catholic themed movie or something with a solid moral that is isn't appropriate, that isn't inappropriate for children. Mm-hmm. So a good show that's got like no swearing and no blasphemy, uh, lost in space. If you're a sci-fi fan, it's really good. It's on Netflix. If you still have a Netflix account, don't judge me. Um, Judged. Judged. Modernist. (laughs) Play a board game as a family. I think that's a great thing to do. Um, Chris has lots of suggestions, but don't ask him or else you'll be there a long time. Yeah. But a role playing game with your family. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to discriminate against the uh, Pathfinder players out there, but yeah. Oh. All of you that are listening. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> there's a huge segment of the audience that is just hardcore into Pathfinder guys. Yep. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. So those are those are my suggestions, my thoughts. Um if you still have thoughts, send it to us at Theology of the Buddy on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'll share them in a future episode for sure. Because we're not going to be out of this next week. <laughs> so yeah. um, next week uh, we're going to probably be continuing the liturgical breakdown. I think probably I'm not 100% sure I might be able to score an interview, but we'll see. Things are so cool. crazy for families right now because everybody's stuck at home and can't leave. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. the people that I had originally reached out to for interviews, they're pretty busy. But um, we might be able to get somebody um, on the podcast. So 
anyway, we'll announce that on social media. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned at Theology of the Buddy on Facebook, Instagram. Find us at Trad Friends on Twitter. Uh, email us at theologythebuddy at gmail.com. Make sure if you're not subscribed yet, please, we'd love for you to subscribe. You can follow us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, um, wherever great podcasts are found. Also, if you're, uh, if you would, we'd love for you to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Or if there's a review option wherever you do listen, we'd love for you to leave us a review there. Uh, let your friends know about this podcast. Uh, we actually just got a big shout out from uh, our friend, uh, the Catholic Jester, who shared us on uh, on social media just today. So I really, we really appreciate that. He's a friend of ours Thank on you. Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you want to give us some support, you could always uh, buy a book from our friends over at Tumblr House. The link is in the show notes at theologyofthebody.com. So yeah, I think that's basically it, guys. So you want to call it a night? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, from our bunker to yours... Stay Stay tratty. tratty.